Okay, this is not Shrek. This is an ad for the voice cloud. Uh, yeah, I guess it is Scottish. Yeah. He's like, late that's ever gonna happen. Yeah, donkey. Donkey. episode where we we uh gave them a couple snoozers on us a couple snoozers what do you mean we said set your alarm for 15 minutes early so you can do a couple snoozers on us oh yeah that's a that's really nice that we did that for them yeah yeah well and this is what we can do i wonder if there's an app or something that allows you to make your alarm that wakes you up an episode like a podcast that you like oh and if that's the case uh universe out there can make this episode uh your alarm and you know what every episode the next the newest episode set that as your alarm until the next one comes out yeah well i think we have seven episodes so far guess how many days there are in a in a standard week, oh, uh, a standard? <laughs> yeah, well, in a metric week. Um, it uh, it's like there's oh, there's the conversion that always the messes me up. The same number of days. It's like as episodes as that episodes we have. that we have. That's, That's right. That's how you remember it. Yeah, seven. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so it's time to wake up, guys. Wake up. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Or, as we heard in the film that we watched today, cock 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 Oh, yeah. I forget. There is a funny, uh, you know how in other cultures, animals make different sounds. The I know onomatopoeias that. for animals are different. Yeah, I remember learning at some point that in Japanese, they have, like, not only do they have different onomatopoeias for, for animals, they have so many onomatopoeias like mm. like they have onomatopoeias for rain mm-hmm. but not only just for rain but like for different types of rain they have like poopy 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 for one kind pish and then pash, pish yeah pash. another one's like pish pash pish pash but like everybody knows that those are the onomatopoeias for see, I'm different gonna types make, of rain so yeah I'm gonna make a language that's just all onomatopoeias <laughs> <laughs> so you're just basically Describing weather and, and, and but even you animals. know if you're gonna do deep like philosophical thought, you have to like come up with like you know if something blows your mind, you communicate that by being like, "Besplang." <laughs> I don't. I don't think it would really will function as a language. Now well, that I think we'll about yeah, it. we'll have to workshop it. You uh-huh. know what? Those guys are being kind of those guys are being kind of loud out there. I'm gonna shut the door. Oh yeah, is it? We pi- should talk about our new our new digs uh, oh, yeah. that we've moved into. But and also let's get into let's talk about what film we watch. But hold, hold on, let me close the door real quick. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, All right, good there idea. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what what film did we watch today? Only yesterday. No, today. What film did we watch? <laughs> Third base. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> We watched today. We watched only yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert: it was incredible. It's so good, you guys. Um, so we did see this when the English dub was was released last year. We saw this in theaters. It was just last year. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, wow. Like in July. It was like, oh yeah, wow. It was just last year. Mm-hmm. It was only for last year for some, <laughs> which is the sequel. <laughs> for some reason, it feels longer, farther in the past. But. Um, I, you know, I've been a Studio Ghibli fan for some time, but for some reason I hadn't heard of Only Yesterday. Mm. I mean, I mean, it hadn't come out, but... It's not in your collection that you have, yeah. your, your illegal collection. Right. But but I went on uh, www.facebook.com one day, and, uh, you know, they those ad wizards, they just know me so well. Except for when they don't, and I get random like ads for like hot Christian singles or something, which you hate. I hate hot Christian singles. <laughs> I want ugly, satanic, <laughs> married people. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, the little ad thing popped up and was like, "The long lost Studio Ghibli film comes out in America," and I was like, "Boy, yo, 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 yoing." <laughs> You're like, yes, sir. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and uh, I uh, shared it on my Facebook wall. And I was like, yo, yo, I'm going to see this no matter what. Even if for some reason the ticket costs $1,000, I'm going to start saving up. I'm going to sell my car. And uh, luckily it was. Th- yeah, it, thankfully it didn't It was just, just a standard movie ticket price and it came out at the uh broadway theater uh, right here in us or back home in salt lake city yeah oh we so we should talk about this so okay our sound quality might sound a little bit different um we have we have uh this is really exciting yeah we have a, a sponsor um uh a new sponsor uh, and who, we are so proud. Yeah. So we have a new sponsor who is graciously um, t- taking us under our under their wing. Mm. Um, really believes in in our product. You know, uh, has loved our episodes up until now, um, and is bankrolling a new experience for us, uh, for both of us. They they've paid for us to move to uh, Japan. Which is where we are now. Uh huh. Um, and they're constructing this beautiful new studio, uh, overlooking, uh, beautiful, beautiful river. Such a good river. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of the best ones in Japan. But yeah, it, it, this place is really stunning. It's it's still coming together. They're you know, working on it, constructing it. It's on the twenty uh, seventh floor of the beautiful River uh, Business Complex, mm-hmm. and which uh, in Japanese 
I don't have it in front of me. I, I was I tried to memorize it, but we're mm-hmm. still working on our Japanese. Mm-hmm. But anyways, our new sponsors are drum roll please. <laughs> Ederson <laughs> Shipping. Ederson Shipping. Uh for all your shipping needs. Uh you know, if you have a package or something you need to send to a loved one, uh, most people these days are using your standard post office, which uses uh airplanes. Um, but if you want, if you want the shipping experience to be r- real nice and kind of a classic shipping experience, it takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But you can know that uh, what you're sending to the other person is we'll shipped get their, in style. Yeah, yeah. You can know that what you send to your loved ones or to your enemies or whoever you're sending your packages and letters to will get there in style and. Um, in months mm-hmm. it'll get there on time um but it'll take months i mean the scheduled deadline yeah but it's always on time yeah but you know that's what you're signing up for and ederson s- shipping they're the best in the biz mm-hmm. take it from us we've been shipping things on ships mm-hmm. for decades yeah and ederson really is as good as it gets their it- ships are so big uh-huh well, and there's a 100% guarantee that uh, what you ship will never set foot if it had a foot. Mm-hmm. It would never set that foot in a car, an airplane, a truck, a basket, a, uh, a, not even, a cart. No baskets. No. It, so you take it to your local river <laughs> and, and uh, you know your friendly Ederson representative, Mm -hmm. and they take that river to a bigger tributary. Yep. And they take that to an even bigger tributary. Mm -hmm. It's really an incredible process because you see it, it's so localized. You take it to your local stream where there's an Ederson employee. (laughs) Yeah. Who takes it on a little raft to the next uh, dock. And and all Ederson... representatives ederson Ederson, uh shipping representatives that you would give your precious uh your your precious uh packages to your your precious precious satchels that's what i wanted to say because it's a classy experience yeah you don't send packages with ederson shipping you send satchels (laughs) packages such a newfangled word (laughs) yeah the ederson representative guaranteed to have a beard uh Mm mm-hmm yeah, guaranteed to have a beard, salt and pepper. Uh, it's really Whether a great. man or a woman. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. We we highly recommend it. Anyways, we've we're gonna. I mean, you might you might say how uh, how can you tell uh, if you've received if you receive a package? How can you? What's the difference between receiving a package that's been delivered by uh, water by sea versus by air? And uh, you can tell. Yeah, trust us. Yeah. We've been in this game a long time. You can definitely tell. Uh, and we're, we are required uh, by the uh, Mr. Ederson himself to um, do a few, uh, a couple more spots. Um, so we'll stop talking about them. But anyways. I mean, I could go on and on. But yeah, we, we really probably... could. And we are doing a side podcast um, uh, just on Ederson shipping mm-hmm. um, because they're requiring us to. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. 
But this is not that podcast. This is the Jibblers. Mm-hmm. And they're bankrolling our whole move. We're now in uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. Whole different country from yeah. the United States. I mean, I assume it's Japan. They they knocked me out. And um, and my watch was uh, set forward a, a couple days, which seemed odd, but they do do everything mm-hmm. by ships. So I assume they shipped us over to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't allowed us to go outside but there is a beautiful river out there, and the We're workers told. here are Japanese. Yeah. So. I mean, we've been told the river is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Haven't actually gotten a, a, a glimpse of it yet, but. I mean, it's behind, I can just picture it. Because we have a small window to look out of. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it's, the view doesn't quite get the river. They say it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. just barely, but. These digs here, expansive, beautiful. They will be beautifully furnished. All sorts of look at look at these buttons and knobs and and thing. I don't even know what they all do. Yeah, levers. Yeah, what's this one? Well, they told us not to touch any of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Very but anyway, we just watched only yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so we watched it. I watched it a year ago in theaters, and we just watched it again in theaters. We watched the dub, mm-hmm. starring Dave Patel and Daisy Star Wars. I think it's Dev Patel. Oh, that's what I. Um, I can't believe I said Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Dev. <laughs> Dev Patel and uh, Daisy Ridley. Ridley. And uh, I remember enjoying the. Uh, dub but we watched the sub today and uh i would say that it was very good and overall i would say it's one this experience was one point for uh subtitles in my book really why is that well we watched a little vignette in the special features afterwards about the process and it just struck me how, like, for the acting, uh, when you're redubbing something into a different language, how many more hurdles there are to getting a um, natural, like, good acting performance. I mean, I'm sure it was good, but there's just... I mean, I remember it being good, but the hurdles are just huge. There's so many limitations, you know, and when you're acting, um, you, you know, you rely on your instincts and, but when you're dubbing something that's already been acted by other actors in the native language, you have to, uh, start and stop matching when they started and stopped to match, you know, how long the mouth is moving. And it just seems so potentially awkward to me. Mm. As an actor, I mean, they pull it off really well, but and I think that in large part is thanks to the uh, the the people who write the script for the dub, because mm-hmm. there is a specific script made for the dub in this special feature that we watched. They had on stage uh, an interview with the director of the dub, mm-hmm. the like and the and the sort of like the translator guy mm-hmm. and the script writer guy I guess. Yeah. So the first uh process is they make a direct translation from the Japanese without any regard to 
uh, le- to time or matching it up with the length of how long the animation is is talking. Um, and then it goes to the script writer who spends, he said, like months mm-hmm. painstakingly going over every line and matching the syllables and, you know, mm-hmm. really going into fine detail and and, and doing it that like there's and a lot of arting it up too like he uh the person who wrote the script it was interesting he said he snuck in a line from his own life yeah uh into into his but i i liked that i liked that script. there was this uh it seemed like between the translator guy and him there mm. was sort of a battle a friendly battle back and forth of uh like a tug of war which I think they both felt was healthy in the process. So he kind of wanted to add in his own things to make the story, uh, to make the story come across in English. Yeah, it was like there's the translator and then there's like the screenwriter and the screenwriter wanted to make it arty and cool while, while matching the syllables and the translator was making sure that it's true to the original yeah yeah which sound which does seem like a good a good dynamic mm-hmm. sometimes i feel bad because we talk about subs versus dubs so much on this podcast but it's it's such a big but part of it it really is and every time we sit down to watch one of these films we have to decide yeah what it what experience we want to have and we look at the actors and we weigh and sometimes you know we've like started listening one way and then and then it switched because it wasn't working for us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, Ultimately, I think, you know, unless you're gonna be like our friend Mick mm-hmm. and watch the watch the movie over and over again like he did in his childhood with uh, Laputa, mm-hmm. um, I think a, a good thing to do is just at least watch it once in, bu- in, in sub and once mm-hmm. in dub. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to watch it again after that, you know, like a year or two down the road, yeah. then choose choose it again. It's not, I don't think it's that big a deal, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to only watch it once. Right, right. Like, I mean, you're not limited to only watching it once. If you want to watch it in both, then uh, that's that's fine. Yeah. We have both available, and so why get your panties in a bunch over it? Yeah. I kind of want to watch it again dubbed, because it was a year ago. Yeah. And uh, watching that little vignette thing, the little special feature afterwards, I was like, um, I don't know, it just struck me, the translator guy uh, was saying when he watched it with some of his translator buds, like after the movie, in Japanese, before it was dubbed, Mm. he, him and his friends were like oh man what a shame that this is only in japanese Mm -hmm, and he loves i mean he's uh american Mm -hmm. and speaks japanese and he loves japanese and i assume loves otaku these movies in you know in Mm -hmm. their native tongue but he appreciates that watching something subtitled you you don't get to pay as close attention to the art on the screen see and that's a good uh, point in favor of dubs mm-hmm. and it's I think especially relevant for only yesterday because the art in this 
film. I mean, I think it's the most beautiful one that we've seen so far. Yeah, I think so. Definitely the the animation in this really took a step up mm-hmm. from just being normal Studio Ghibli amazing to just being incredible. Everything is hand-painted and painstakingly animated. It is just a joy to watch, really. And yeah, and I mean, obviously the stills are like paintings, but also the movements are incredible. Um, the I so they had I I believe I read that this is uh, one of the first, at least in Japan, where they had the actors come and act out and and voice actors come and do the whole script, and then and they videotaped the actors doing the script and then they animated their facial expressions after mm-hmm. based on the actor's facial expressions. Uh only only the adult scenes though. Only the adult yeah. Well, I mean, they're not adult scenes, if you catch my drift. Only only the triple X scenes. <laughs> well we watched the uh the director's cut uncut unrated yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that that is true. I read that in the week in the Wikipedia article that uh, the the common practice in anime is uh, to animate it first, yeah, and then match the dialogue to that. But and I think you can really tell. I mean, there's so much nuance in the in the animation and the performance. They feel so real. One a uh, uh, like little one second that um, that felt so real to me and there's so many examples but was early on when the main character Tycho uh she's talking on the phone with someone and she her face kind of goes expressionless in a way that that people do when they're on the phone when you don't have to like keep up the facial cues that keep a conversation going i don't know if that makes any sense but Mm -hmm. it's like you know when you're having a conversation you're also communicating with your facial cues and oh good aaron just raised his eyebrows and he's doing all sorts of stuff he's trying to tell me did you fart no don't now he's scared um yeah like that but uh but sometimes you're on the phone and like your voice is communicating enthusiasm or something, but you're clipping your toenails. And so, you know, you don't have to show it on your face as much. And anyway, it's just that little, like that little thing where her her face was like out of the conversation, but her voice was in. And I was like, I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. That mm. feels yeah. real. Earn that explicit tag. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And I was like, darn it. No, no, we have an explicit tag. I feel like we need to get a few more swears in. Oh, I got another one locked and loaded for later. We have an explicit tag just because I don't feel like editing out swears ever. Uh And we don't really swear, but like (laughs) we might. And so, you know, whatever. Farm farm swears, which would be appropriate for this film. Farm swears? What's a a farm swear? Farm swear is, is damn... Ah. And I think that's basically a uh, damn in hell. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's I didn't like, know that term. It's like the genteel farmer, but you know, they can get away with a damn and a hell here here and there. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, my Damn hole, it all to hell. My hole broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can What the hell is this donkey doing in here? Yeah, like like 
swears that uh, that Hank Hill would use. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got another swear locked and loaded for later in the as we're discussing. Uh, okay. Good. Let it marinate. You get real juicy, and then let <laughs> it just come out all over this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, I have. I feel like I have so many thoughts about this movie. It's let me let me say one. Yeah, I was right all along, and uh, Isao Takahata um, proved me right. Mm. Uh, in a previous episode, I mentioned how I feel like animation is like oh. realism in animation, like like what Studio Ghibli do mm-hmm. is so interesting to watch because um like because it's taking interesting little details from daily life that we take for granted and drawing it out in such painstaking painstaking detail that you're forced to pay attention to it you're like wow someone drew every single flower in that field you know Mm -hmm. and uh in the in the like 45 minute special feature that we watched after about the making of the movie, that's ex- pretty much exactly what Takahata said. He said mm-hmm. that, you know, um, uh, live-action movies are so common, like live-action media is so common nowadays that it just kind of fades into the background. Mm-hmm. You don't really notice all the little things in it. Right. But with animation, and that's why he likes to do realism mm-hmm. in his animation. Well, and he said that... Um when you're watching, you know, a good animated film like this, it makes you, it gives you the thought over and over again, we do do that. Mm-hmm. It's like we're seeing what we do, um, but uh, but appreciating the things that we do every day that we never stop to notice because the animators had to stop to notice yeah. it. You know? Yeah, there was that scene where... In, in the special feature where um, Miyazaki is, like, training in a bunch of new recruits, mm-hmm. new recruit animators, mm-hmm. and he, he gives them the task of, like, drawing, a, uh, like, an eating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of taking to task one of the new animators uh, with his scene. He's like He's, like, looking at it, and there's, like, kind of an awkward silence, and he's like, is that how you eat? Mm-hmm. And the animator looks like all shy, and he's like, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and he's like, go sit at that table right there. All right, you're eating dinner with your mom. How do you sit? And he like sits down, and he's like, how far away from the table are you? And he's like, I guess I'm like two fist lengths away. And he's like, all right, take a look at your pi- at your picture. What do you see? And he's like, they look a little bit too close. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he says, it's all about learning to notice Mm-hmm. Or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, he said he said that he was making assumptions when he should be making observations. Yeah, that's what he said. Animation, man. I feel like, really, I just feel like Studio Ghibli existing at all in like, movies like this, mm-hmm. it's just a miracle. Yeah. How did this get made? Well, they talked about that, too, a little bit. And I, it, really, I think it's Nausicaa was such a Nausicaa made Miyazaki mm-hmm. you know and uh and if you think about it Nausicaa is the only one I think we've seen so far that wasn't an adaptation from someone else's work it was an adaptation of his own manga yeah 
And uh, after Nausicaa, it, it, it seemed, the way they were talking about it, it seems like um, the industry just wrote Miyazaki a blank check because Takahata is a little too artsy-fartsy you know, to bankroll that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But he said that having Miyazaki produce only yesterday ma- was the only thing that made it go go through. Because you're right, it's uh, it's an animated film that is that is very much a drama. And I was surprised uh, how psychological it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's about you know your past and and. And it's almost like past, like little, the little traumas that we all kind of sustain in childhood and how those can kind of um, lead to maybe a uh, a stilted, you know, constructing kind of of linger. They can kind of linger and they can kind of, I sense for Tycho, the protagonist, um, they led her to kind of a, a uh, down a, a stilted and kind of a a path like a career path and a life path that never quite felt right for her. And then this like film, she was always trying to fit in, mm-hmm. but she never quite did. Yep. And then this film is about her finally kind of resolving a lot of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much internal, you know, like the uh, conflict is. Very internal. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of voiceover. Some of the voiceover, well, yeah. There's a there's a lot of voiceover that's very you know introspective and stuff. It's and hard to it's sell a, that. It's about dreams and the, you know and memories and yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. How else could this movie have been made? But yeah, I'm so glad it was made. And yeah, and Takahata was saying like. If he didn't have Miyazaki in there batting for him, it would be like, you know, he would go in and they'd ask questions like, but it's like a, like a, like a 27 year old misfit who doesn't quite fit in. Where's the action? You know, where's the drama? How do you, it doesn't seem appealing to us. But then Miyazaki just says like, nah, it's going to be good. And they're like, "Eh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, it's so cool. (laughs) And it was it it did very well it, in in theaters. It was the number one film in Japan, the number one Japanese film in Japan that year. Yeah, highest grossing. Yeah, in Japan, which is just bonkers. Yeah, it came out in ninety one. Uh, man, that that says so much about the film industry in Japan in the early nineties because any movie like like the like only yesterday would have zero chance of being the number one grossing movie in the United States yeah, in any I mean, year ever. <laughs> we're recording this right when Blade Runner 2049 just came out mm. and we saw it. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. It's not doing well uh-huh. <laughs> in the box office. Yeah. And it's got action and it's got boobs in it and it's got you know everything <laughs> that should make it a success, but... Even that's not selling right now. But maybe that's What's not what people actually want. People? Maybe that's what maybe that's what Hollywood thinks that people want, but maybe they would like this. People suck. No, I think you're right though. I think yeah, I think you're right. Maybe people would Hollywood isn't giving pe- people enough the audiences enough credit. I think so, yeah. 
Maybe. I'm, I don't know. I mean, the broad audience, like people at my work, kind of blue collar guys, I don't know if they like this. I mean, if maybe the, if they were forced to watch it, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. But I think they just think it's kind of boring and they don't really care. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Right. Because there's a lot to, there's a lot to relate to in this movie. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a, you know, a fifth grade girl who's learning about periods, mm-hmm. like you can, it's still very relatable. Yeah. And it just doesn't have, uh, it it just doesn't have your standard kind of plot structure. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Which is something that Takahata struggled with a bit, because the the manga that it's based on is just the childhood portions, mm-hmm. and he kind of struggled with how to structure that into a, a movie. Mm-hmm. So, and after a while, he decided to do the framing device of having the twenty seven year old version of Taiko, yeah, um, reminiscing and remembering her past. Aaron, should which we, uh... really really paved the way for some beautiful animation decisions. Oh yeah, totally. The the whole movie is split into these two time periods and they're so strikingly differentiated with the animation, mm-hmm. you know? The present day 27-year-old is like everything is very clear and beautifully animated but like very clear everything is detailed Mm. but all the memories are kind of washed out and they're more impressionistic yeah and like the sky is white and the ground is white Mm -hmm. like not white but kind of off colored right like off white um and and the backgrounds don't always extend all the way off the frame so yeah um they're both very beautiful in very different ways like they're two different aesthetics that are beautiful in their own way yeah because the even the animation is different the character design Mm -hmm. is a lot more simplistic in the childhood scenes and how it was recorded as we mentioned before the kit in the childhood scenes the it was animated first and then the kids uh acted over you know spoke over the animation but aaron should we do another little spot from our sponsors and then go into synopsis yeah that light is uh lighting up yeah so that says that we need to do one Mm -hmm. uh ederson shipping uh they're so great and um you know uh if you if you need something shipped um go uh they don't have a website uh but just go to your local stream and uh and use the password jibblers and they should know what that means. Just and the promo code. Or can't, if it's not really a your, promo code if you're not typing it in anywhere. Well, you're just saying your, it to this bearded person. Oh, that's right. Or if you don't see a bearded person at your local stream, you know, go uh, fishing. So, it, you know, it requires a, a, a fishing pole. A little bit of effort on your part. I mean, yeah. they're not going to do everything for you. And uh, once you catch a fish... Uh, whisper in the fish's ear mm-hmm. the password "jibblers." Yeah, and then and then set and then release it back into the stream. And the fish should turn into a representative. Mm-hmm. That's what they've told us. Yeah, it seems kind of uh, far fetched to me, but I didn't know that magic was real uh, until Eder- until Ederson shipping came into my life, and that's actually the the slogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ederson Shipping. 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, one package, uh, shipping to a neighbor, uh, neighboring state, is is just fifty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, did I say package? <coughs> I meant parcel. satchel. Oh, satchel. Oh, parcel. Is that the word you were looking for earlier? <laughs> that that's the word I was looking for earlier. Yeah, a satchel is something. It's like a bag. Okay. Well, if you want to buy a satchel for, uh, you know, say you have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you want found a nice satchel on mm-hmm. the, you know, at, at the farmer's market, something that was weaved from hemp from, a, you know, your local yoga instructor, uh, and you want to put that in a parcel and uh, ship it on over to your uh, girlfriend. Mm, I see where you're going now. On the other side of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll just be one easy payment of fifty nine ninety nine, and it's guaranteed to get there on time within three months. Mm-hmm. Or more. Mm-hmm. But well, on depending. time. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do a uh, synopsis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. This movie, it's... Great movie, friggin' awesome! So good. There's like this, there's like this little girl, but like an adult one, <laughs> and she's. I think the word you're looking for is woman. That's right. <laughs> there's a woman, and she has these like cheekbones. Yeah, <laughs> they talked about that a lot in the special features. But it's very it's because very, they're going for. Pre- uh, precisely 27 years old. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so it's very interesting because it's not the typical kind of cute anime character. It's a very defined facial structure mm-hmm. with these. And, and they talked about very clearly they, need, they, they had to toe this fine line of if they put too much definition in the face, mm-hmm. then she turns from a 27-year-old into a grandma. Yeah. So they had to hit that right in the mark. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a woman... She's living in Tokyo. She's she's working that worker job. Working working the nine to five hustle. Uh, but she wants to go to the to the country and just be like a free farmer lady mm-hmm. and be one with nature. So she's going out there uh, because she. Has a connection with a family. It's her. I think I remember from the Wikipedia. It's her. It's her sister's uh, husband's, husband's brother. Brother's family. So her. Her brother-in-law's brother-in-law's brother's family. Brother's family. Yeah, and she is was born and raised a city girl in Tokyo, but she always wanted to have relatives out in the country, and so this is her, uh, at least her second time going out there. And she takes a train, and she's so excited. And along the way, who joins Who's her? Who's that coming down the track coming with down her? down the tracks, but her 10-year-old self. Oh, man, and here it gets good. Her 10-year-old self is having all these experiences. It's summer break now, and her friends are going to the country, and she's so jealous but all she can manage is to convince her family to take her to like this spa resort place that's not really the country. But it's still kind of cool. 
<laughs> she passes out in a jacuzzi farm, and she does some jumping jacks. Oh, yeah. I love those jumping jacks where her arms are all, like, noodly, and she's... Uh-huh. That's a cute scene. She's, like, the only one left in town for the summer because everyone else goes on holiday with mm. their relatives in the countryside. And she's bummed out, and her dad is a bastard. <laughs> Oh, is that was that the one? Yeah. You were saving that up? Yeah. I should have saved it longer, but I couldn't help it. No, her dad is a bastard. He's just not very good at being a dad. No, he's, he's just very, like a uh, very kind of... Conservative, don't do anything. Distant. He's very distant. Yeah. Don't do anything like out of the ordinary. She walk, She steps outside in her socks one time and he slaps her. Yeah. And he, and and afterwards, he you can see in his face that he realizes that he shouldn't have done that, mm-hmm. and that it was a bad bad mistake. Yeah, but he doesn't know how to address it at all because he's very distant. Yeah, mm. it's sad. Yeah. But he's not the only male character in the in the movie. Although it is a mostly female movie. Yeah, but there is there are a few other male characters. There's a main male character. Mm. In present day, the love interest who is a good guy. So she's so she goes out to the countryside and she's wondering to herself, why is everything reminding me of my ten year old self? Mm. You know, uh, something's something's going on. Uh, you know, and she muses that when she was ten years old, she was like a chrysalis that was about to turn into a butterfly, and maybe uh Maybe that's going to happen again for her, mm. which I thought was interesting that the she said that in a voiceover because it seems v- kind of on the nose, like a statement of the kind of it's kind of like she's stating the meaning of what's happening. But it's not really a theme of the film. I think it, it totally works. Yeah, because it's more just like a thought that I really think. Uh, it's a thought that people that she would have it right. seemed very reasonable to right. me in the right. script i think mm-hmm. yeah and it isn't really that's not the entire film the entire film isn't just she was a chrysalis back then and turned into a butterfly and she's a chrysalis now and she's turning into a butterfly it's more it's more complex it's more than complex that. than that so she arrives and she gets picked up by a cool guy. Mm, a cool country guy. Yeah, what's his With name? With a northern accent. Toshio? Me, yeah. Is it Yeah, because I think I remember it was like the same name as their producer Toshio Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and right. he's a cool country guy and according to the feature after words that we watched, he has a authentic uh, dialect mm-hmm. and facial expressions mm-hmm. that they animated. And man, I really liked this guy's voice, the Japanese voice actor for him. Yeah. Very distinct and very. Hard to describe, but it's kind of like you recognize that kind of personality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even in a different language. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of you know, quirky, and but he like actually, excited about things. He really reminded me of. So I used to live in Mongolia and. Uh, Mongolia is mostly a very rural and bucolic uh, place. And uh, so there's all these farmer, rancher, you know, guys and gals around, youngsters. And, uh, and, but, you know, they're not like so 
rural that they're immune from trends and fads and and stuff like you know so they'll they'll like ride bareback on their horse and drink like you know fermented mare's milk but then they'll watch the simpsons but then they'll watch the simpsons they'll have their cell phone they'll know all like this all the slang and it's not like mutually exclusive it's not like you can either be rural or or hip you know it's Mm -hmm. like they're doing it both they're doing both things and that's kind of like this character you know yeah he's he's a little bit kind of uh hippie cuz he's into organic farming mm-hmm. and uh and he seems to kind of be part of some movement going on in Japan at the time mm-hmm. with similar kind of farmers um and and she immediately kind of has a rapport with him she feels very comfortable around him mm-hmm. which was the line that the English dub writer snuck in mm-hmm. that wasn't in this Japanese sub version. But I do, when he said that in the interview thing afterwards, mm-hmm. I remember that line from when we saw it in, in the dub in, uh-huh. in theaters. Which was? Which was, um, uh, he said, like, people ask uh, asked me about my wife. He, the, the writer's talking. Uh, whether, you know, it was love at first sight or like, I just thought she was so beautiful or smart or whatever. And this is the line that he snuck in. Um, it was, uh, what was it? Being with her is like breathing in and breathing out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that was a little poetic flourish, a poetic interpretation. But I think it's fine because the, the translator guy who did something like 300 notes on it, like mm. just back and forth, back and forth, nitpicking every detail, it somehow snuck by him. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like it's so, you know, part of it's the. It's true to the intent, like the yeah. feel of the film. Yeah. yeah, which I'm fine with. A dub, a dub, you're never going to get it perfectly, you mm. know, everything. And, and it is, I feel like a dub is a, a, a work of art in, it, in itself. Mm-hmm. It's not just. Totally. Um, translating it, it's and there's like, a director for the yeah. for the dub, just like any and a film. script writer. It's yeah, it's very much a work of art, mm-hmm. and you know, an artist has to an artist has to art. Mm-hmm. Artist got to art. Yeah. So when um, Taiko meets, uh, shoot, what's his name again? Toshio. Toshio. Um, it, I I think that introduces kind of. That gives it a little more of a feel of like a. You get a little more oriented in the narrative because there's immediately a will they, won't they kind of question mm-hmm. of like, you know, is, are there romantic undertones and are they going to end up uh, together? Yeah, kind of from the first scene mm-hmm. where they're kind of giggling and mm-hmm. and she thinks he's trying to steal her bag. Uh huh. And there's a little bit of a misunderstanding. So it's kind of like, will they get together? But how could they? He's a rural farm boy, and she's a country girl, only mm-hmm. there for ten days. And, and also, the feeling I got was like, was like, yeah, but is that really this movie? Mm-hmm. Are they going to get together? It's not really a lovey-dovey kind of romantic movie, you know. It's mm-hmm. more like an introspective movie about her life and and uh, mm-hmm. her struggles, feeling kind of outside the norm mm-hmm. um which 
but then the whole movie you're also kind of thinking like but it would be really nice if they got together because they they go so well together which is a sign i think of a good organic uh romance pun intended (laughs) yeah because he likes organic farming yeah so basically i mean that's basically i mean the rest of of the movie there she's there on the farm for those 10 days and things on the farm or relating or reminding her of, of things that happened in her childhood. And it does kind of assume this like little vignette structure and, uh, and the, the, the associations are kind of loose. Uh, you know, there's this kind of spoiled girl on the farm who wants like Puma shoes and it reminds her of when she wanted this purse mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Yeah. It, it painted a real tragic picture of her childhood that I found very realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, tr- it's not a traumatic childhood, but it's a childhood filled with what we would say in the, in the uh, mental health field filled with adverse childhood experiences. Mm. You know, those things that when you're an adult, you think back on and it still kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, like especially that scene where she can't understand the fractions. Mm -hmm. Oh, that really got Mm. to me. Because I I can just... That that seems so realistic. That yeah. that totally happens. She doesn't know... She doesn't understand how to divide a fraction by a fraction. Because she doesn't understand it conceptually, mm-hmm. so everyone's trying to say like you don't have to understand it conceptually. You just have to you just have to flip the numerator and the denominator and just multiply across. And she's like, but I can't picture the you know the pieces of the apple. And as she was saying that, I realized I don't understand it either <laughs> because a fraction is division. And so if you're dividing by a fraction. Does that make sense? It's like how do you divide by a division? I decided I would understand if there if you could say if you were if it was like what's two thirds of three fourths? Okay, you got you got a fraction which is three of a thing of an apple. You got three fourths, and then you divide that three fourths into two into thirds, and then two thirds is that answer? But that's but dividing by a fraction that's like dividing by a division, and I was like, Tycho, I, des- I decided not to think about it so as not to expose my own stupidity to myself. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I didn't want to realize that I also don't understand yeah, it, I so I just know. decided not to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, so... But but the, the, the traumatic thing in that that really got to me that totally would stick around for your whole life mm-hmm. is when she overhears her mm-hmm. mom and her sort of mean uh, older sister talking about how she's not normal and she and she you know just yeah Mm -hmm. that that's basically what they said they said she's like this isn't normal that she can't understand that this is so simple and then her mom said she's not a normal girl yeah and then that's right when she walked in oh man and and not to oversimplify it with uh like pop psychology stuff but it's almost like she's a right-brained you know person Mm. And and the expectations in that family is to be more left-brained. Yeah, you know, and so she gets a little shot at at uh, an acting, possibly an acting career as a child actor. Uh, her character in the movie, and Dad shuts it down, and it's just tragic, you know. 
Yeah. And then she, I get the sense that eventually she just kind of learns to just kind of get in line with, you know. Yeah, that's how she got her job in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And that's how she end, wound up being a 27-year-old just working the nine to five in a job where she says in the film, like, I don't hate it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't live to, to do this work, but I, I don't hate it either. It's kind of like this thing where she's learned to kind of cope and just go with the flow. Well, it, it, it's this thing where, um, you, you kind of know, and, and especially maybe as an American, I don't know, you're kind of from the beginning, like rooting for her. Like she's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. She just needs to spread her wings and fly. She needs to get out of the... Yeah, shrug off this corporate culture. Right, yeah, exactly. She needs to get away from the man kind of a thing. But they do a good job at making that not so uh, on the nose and so didactic and so overly, you know, overly like critical of that lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be a wrestle for her. The, um, the wrestle is... Uh, her lifestyle, she doesn't hate it. Her lifestyle in the city. It's not the best fit, but, you know, who has, like, the best fit yeah, in their she's, life? Yeah, she seems generally pretty happy mm-hmm. as a 27-year-old. And so the her, yeah, as an adult, the metamorphosis she needs to go through is kind of realizing that... Um, even kind of getting the vision that life could be something more and that it's worth the risk or something. Yeah, and that's sort of the climactic moment during the credits at the very end. Yeah. Is oh. she's almost she's almost um let her uh 27-year-old self kind of guide her back to Tokyo and just be like, "Well, you know, life's not that bad in Tokyo," which it's not. Mhm. And, you know, it's probably just not really worth the risk to, to try this new thing. But it, then it would her 10-year-old so self yeah. shakes her arm and kind of wakes and, and wakes her up to it's like this she, new adventure. It's like when she was 10, she never got to be true to herself, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that she's 27, she finally was in a position to listen to what her 10-year-old self needed, you know? And so at the end, yeah, her 10-year-old self and all of of the kids from the neighborhood, like, basically take her hand and, and like, and she lets them kind of guide her back Mm -hmm. to the, to the town. And it's not, it's not this grand uh, anarchist, you know, shake off the corporate culture kind of thing. It's more just like, um, it's more just like this nice, uh, I don't know how to say it's not, it's not as grand and, and bombastic as all that, you know? Yeah. It's not as like obvious and, and it's, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like natural, like something that would really happen to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, uh, a decision that a person yeah, and, really would make. And it's not, and I've got the feeling at the end of the film of, of kind of uncertainty. Like, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. And they yeah. don't show you how it's going to turn out. They don't even show you what that conversation is like between her and Toshio as she gets off the bus. Mm. Like, because he didn't know that she, uh, that um, 
his family was it his family or just people people at the farmhouse his family but not his immediate family yeah he yeah. he didn't know that they told her she should marry him uh-huh. <laughs> like he didn't know and and so they uh you don't even get to see that at the end of the film mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to say is that it didn't feel like this grand thing at the end of the film. Like, oh, she's turned back and it's happily ever after. She's there in the it's country not like the... and she's going to be so good. It's still kind of uncertain. Like, I don't know. It could be a good change in her life. It could also not really work out. Mm-hmm. But it, it's probably, I mean, they seem like a good fit. So I have hope for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're probably doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was <laughs> what a good truly, movie. like, I don't remember having this reaction when I saw it in theaters last year, but watching it again now, it's like rising to one of my favorite Studio Ghibli mm. films. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just the animation alone, seeing the behind the scenes of what it took. There was a there was an animator that they kind of talked about who literally drew safflowers for a year uh-huh. to make this movie that's all she just did the, the like the blood sweat and tears that went into this just and, really and made like me appreciate you can it. tell like the safflowers are beautiful yeah and yeah when she first gets there and the sun rises and there's like norwegian like music mm-hmm. um it was like it was like middle eastern i read on wikipedia oh, all, really? all the music in it was kind of um, except middle, for the score, but Middle like the, Eastern or Eastern European? I thought it was Eastern European. Oh, like Romanian. Oh, yeah, it was like Romanian and hung and uh, Hungary. That's what it Hungarian. was. Hungarian, not Norwegian. Sorry to all our uh, Eastern European uh, nibblers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hungary's kind of Middle Eastern, isn't it? Stuff it's like up. around Turkey. Yeah, but Norway is part of Scandinavia. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that's not what it was. I know. That's why I'm saying sorry for mixing it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have we have a lot of fans over there. I don't want to make them mad. Yeah. No, that's true. And we need to watch our tongue with this uh with this new sponsor. We don't want to say anything that will offend people. Yeah, we've turned we've turned over the proverbial new leaf. Mhm. Mhm. No more uh, offensive um you know, imitations of foreign languages, we would never do that. Yeah, I, I feel kind of ashamed of that. And also, um, we we do want to apologize to our Texas listeners Yeah. for what we said in the uh, My Neighbor Totoro episode. We are planning a special episode just for you to uh, apologize, uh, to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a little, we're going to have a little uh, ceremony Mm-hmm. Or a little reconciliation kind of get together. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think we're planning on doing that for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Porco Rosso, is that right? Uh, I can't remember what Sinead was telling me. Well, she's still away on vacation, so I guess we'll have to wait till she gets back. Yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, but she, you know, communicates with email, mm-hmm. or at least has her assistant communicate for her. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but. Uh, I feel like I was going to say something else. Oh, oh, but yeah, that that scene, you know what scene I'm talking about. Sunrise, mm-hmm. safflowers. Mm-hmm. It was like so beautiful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and that, that's my description of it. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, showed that scene painted uh, 
to uh, the safflower farmer that they had actually gone and oh, yeah. consulted, and he said, "Oh, guys, you really captured that moment. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So high praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Mm. A- any other? Any other kind of like uh, just general kind of housekeeping? You know, we said uh, uh, like three or four episodes ago we were going to maybe kind of rank the movies as we go, you yeah. know, as we go along, you know. So, so far we've uh, we've seen, viewed, and discussed uh, Nausicaa, uh, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Grave of the Fireflies, Kiki's Delivery Service, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now, and only yesterday, only yesterday. So, oh, and and just I wanted to point out that I know I made a big deal about saying my neighbor Totoro when we recorded that one. Uh-huh. I'm completely backing off of my stance <laughs> on that episode. I'm just gonna say my neighbor Totoro because you know what, life's short. Say it however the heck you want. It's too hard, and I feel like I keep on flip-flopping between the two, and I think I just naturally go Totoro. So, well, you know, don't judge me. I can hear you guys out there click-clacking away on your keyboard, sending in emails saying that I'm saying it wrong and that I'm a flip-flopper. Nibblers, you know better than that. Yeah, fold up that keyboard, put it away. Roll it up if it's one of those (laughs) roll... You know those rolly ones? Yeah. Those are cool. Put the lens cap on it if it's one of the laser ones. Mm-hmm. Smash it if it's a typewriter. Because mm-hmm. those are obsolete. Inefficient. Yeah. Um, so ranking them, I would say, uh, maybe it's just recency bias, but I would say only yesterday, number one. Number two, it's tough between Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro because... Grave of the Fireflies is so sad, yeah, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to put it number three and My Neighbor Totoro number two because My Neighbor Totoro is just so sweet and fun. And, and it's really, it's just like kind of more bite-sized and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just really great. So number three, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, number four, um. I'm going to go Kiki's Delivery Service, number five. Uh, Number five, I'm going to go Castle in the Sky, and then um, Nausicaa. Dang. What? Ours ours are... How different are our lists? Very uh, similar, I would say. Mm. Uh, Because right now I'm feeling only yesterday, number one. Yeah. Uh. Number one with the bullet, patui. Yeah, that's the bullet sound. Yeah, in what culture? Like uh, Southwest. Trick question. We don't insult other cultures anymore now that we have our new sponsor. Oh, you almost got me there. <laughs> Number two, I'm gonna say Kiki's Delivery Serve. Oh, sliding in at number two, huh? Because. I love, I like the juicy themes. Ugh. This one yeah. had juicy themes. No, nah, that does have some juicy themes. This one was like, uh, only yesterday was a filet mignon. Mm-hmm. Kiki's delivery service was a T-bone. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, and then I think I like Grave of uh, the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I like uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. I like saying it like that. Say however you want, man. And then uh, Castle in the Sky, and then Nausicaa. But keep in mind, you know, we're ranking these, but uh, Nausicaa, even the bottom, I mean, this is like the bottom of the, the bottom rung for Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's it, still top of the jungle gym. It's still, yes, it's still top of the jungle gym. I mean, Nausicaa is great, but, you know, Nausicaa is just old. Or yeah, <laughs> it just kind of like feels a little bit older. Yeah, that's maybe a bad like reason for putting it at the bottom. But but yeah, so there's a fil- filet mignon and then a T-bone steak. T-bone steak. A steak and uh, oh, I forget what that's my th- third one was. Oh, sorry, we apologize to our French uh, listeners. Yeah, um, and then. And then there's a ground beef is... uh, But, like, so good, like, really good ground beef. Real good ground beef. And then there's uh, salami, and then... uh, I love salami. And then bologna, and then dog food. No, I don't like... Wait, dog food? (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's probably a fool's errand trying to rank them by meats. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're only going to get really crappy. No, it's like... They're all filet mignon. Mm-hmm. Just different grades of filet mignon. Yeah. Yeah. Filet mignon. Yeah. Which in America, filet mignon just means uh, like a certain real good marbly cut of of beef. Uh, and it's just like a, med- a little medallion. It's something different in France. Filet mignon in French just means a little cut. Oh, it's not a specific cut from a specific part of the that's beef, what some, beef, beef animal? That's what some French people told me on a river rafting trip I went on one time. Oh, I said, you river rafted <laughs> with French people? Yeah. I said, I must have said something really dumb like, oh, I love you guys' uh, food over there in France. I love uh, filet mignon. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love filet mignon. I love... A French toast. Uh, I like a uh, French fries. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, um, <laughs> what is that? Hmm. Interesting. So they didn't even recognize filet mignon as something. They're just like, you like a little cut of what? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what they said. Interesting. Um, yeah, we're going to have to really write this down every time once we get up to like near near 20 well, movies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it'll change every time. Obviously. I feel like it'll change like every day. Mm-hmm. Almost. I never really Multiple. put much much stock into top oh. 10 lists or anything like that. Because for me, it's always like if you ask me what my favorite movies or albums or whatever are, it's changing all the time. It's whatever I'm listening to at the moment. Well, that's why uh, my patented tiered system mm. is... Uh, TMTM. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, with my explain your your tier system, Scott. So, well, why don't you ask me a question, Aaron? Uh, ask me what my favorite film is, Scott. What is your favorite movie? 
Of all time? Yes. Cool Hand Luke. Mm. Now pretend like we're at a different uh, t- time, like at a party or something, and you're someone else. Ask me again. Oh, uh, hey, Scott. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time, dude? Raising Arizona. Oh, interesting. And now pretend like you're someone. Now I'm the same. You're I'm a the bagger. first guy. Now I'm the first guy, but I have a mustache on, so you don't know. Yeah, that and it's you're me. and you're kind of down and out. You're bagging groceries at Harmon's. Okay. And and I've been this has been rattling around in my brain for months. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, cool hand Luke, cool hand Luke. Is that really the favorite his favorite movie of all time? Yeah. So I need to know. So I put on this fake mustache. Yeah. I got a job at Harmon's where I'm, I know you frequent. I'm getting my uh, blueberry kefir. Your filet mignon. Uh huh. Oh yeah, and my filet mignon. <laughs> hey, um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Weird question, but you know. Oh, the remains of the day. What? Hey. But you said the first time that it was Cool Hand Luke. Let me explain to you, friend. I have 13 films that are tied at number one favorite film of all time. I have 24 films that are tied at number two and approximately right now about 14 films that are tied at number three. So now you understand the tiered system. And see... Well, I can put that to rest and finally go see my wife and children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you need to get your life in order. Because actually, Harmon's probably pays their baggers pretty well. They always seem like they're happy. Yeah, but I was the CEO of of a local tech startup. Oh, yeah. So there's a real uh, opportunity cost. Yeah, I kind of had to... Uh, surrender any financial stake in the company that I had to take this job. You can't get that back. No, I signed. Uh, I signed um, the papers over. Dude, I'm really sorry. I should have seen this coming before. Just so willy nilly answering what my favorite film was. Well, let that be a lesson to anyone out there listening to. Uh, you know, watch your tongue. You never know how <laughs> it'll affect uh, the people around you. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah, you never know how it will butterfly affect people around you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it has the advantages of, you know, you don't have to like be so mean to other movies by by choosing just one as your favorite filet mignon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, but so you can have a bunch of favorite movies, but you can still have the impact, you know, say if some say if uh if the movie uh, The Apostle, written, directed by, and starring Robert Duvall, uh, comes up in a conversation, you can have the impact of interjecting and saying, That's my favorite That's filet my mignon. favorite uh, filet mignon of all time. Um, and they'll understand. Mm-hmm. Well, they might not understand until you explain you mean movie. Right. Yeah. Fil- f- uh, filet mignon. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. What's your favorite movie uh, of all time? Probably. Um, I mean, it's really guesswork at this point, but it's probably Good Time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a good movie we saw recently. Dude, that was a good one. You know, it's another good one I saw recently. Um uh, the Florida Project, yeah. like I was telling you about, and and it reminded me of Good Time because it's it's about people who are kind of down and out, but it's like a it's like a brightly colored version of that. 
Mm. Or like a happy color oh, yeah, yeah. version of that. But kind of the seedy underbelly a little bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, it's like people who are on the margins of society and right. and stuff. Yeah. How long have we been going? Over an hour. Sounds pretty good. Let's wrap it up. Got to get it into bed. Yeah. We're both sleepy. We got work in the morning. Mm-hmm. Our new work here in Tokyo. I mean, I assume... We can find jobs. Yeah. But now that you told me what your favorite film is, I'm going to have to think about it. I don't know if I can I can handle a job right now. Um, I'm just going to be thinking about it over and over in my head so hard. Let me... Well, okay. Let me put that to bed, Scott. That's not... I, I have many films tied in first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Whew. Don't, don't have to quit my job. Yeah. To really ponder that. Mm-hmm. One last um, uh, pitch for uh, Ederson Shipping. You will not regret it. Mm-hmm. You will not regret it. You will regret it if you... Don't use them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's part of the guarantee. Mm-hmm. You will regret not using Ederson Shipping. Now, what they mean by that, you don't want to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we would. Uh, it would be a shame if uh, something happened to your precious uh, parcel that you put in the post office. Yeah, let's just say a lot of people put a lot of stock in uh, a, a certain post office that is run by the government. Let's just say it's not as safe as they make it out to be. Okay, we don't want to get in trouble by threatening a government agency. They're listening. I'm not. I'm not threatening anybody. Donald Trump saying, listens. To I'm just this saying podcast. it's not. It's not as secure as they make it out to be. Ederson Shipping has their ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just leave it at that. We'll just leave it there. That's all we're gonna say about that. Mm-hmm. Trust Ederson Shipping. Or and else. if your parcel is not fully waterlogged with authentic seawater mm-hmm. and and seaweed strands, money back. Yeah, thirty percent money back guarantee. Mm-hmm. For sure. So don't send anything that could get damaged by water or anything like that. I mean, that or goes without saying. Or don't send anything that couldn't be improved by water damage. Yeah, yeah. That Which goes I can't without really saying. Think of anything. But we'll say it anyways. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I believe that that does it. So, uh, oh yeah. Well, let's, uh, tuck in our nibblers (laughs) into bed. So just close your eyes. Picture a big old moon. Oh yeah. That's nice. I'm picturing that. What's, what's that on the moon there? A little fisher guy. (gasps) Is this DreamWorks? Oh my gosh. We're watching a DreamWorks movie. What's. What's this movie called? Shrek 2? <laughs> also known in the film biz as uh as an ambient on the silver screen. Mm. I just love to watch Shrek 2. Put you right to sleep. While I go to bed. That big green monster just screaming and talking to his donkey when, pal. When you're trying to go to sleep, what more soothing uh, voice can you hear then? Shrek? 
Yeah. I'm a donkey, Shrek. Oh, you're putting me to sleep right now. I might not be able to finish this podcast. You need to stop that. No, actually keep going because we want to put our nibblers, our sweet, sweet nibblers. Every one a snowflake. Every one a special cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made by you. Made by me. Made by what? All us three? Who's this that joined us? It's Shrek. <laughs> That's right. Just Scott, Aaron, and Shrek <laughs> making you a, a Betty by cake. <laughs> Whipping it up, baking it. Oh, so right. Just feeding it to you. So All you can go to sleep. The night. Oh, that's a good rhyme. Yeah. Uh, if you're driving right now, pull over to the side of the road so you don't cause an accident because this is dangerous. Yeah, it's okay. The road will be there in the morning. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All right. Until next time, nibblers, tuck yourselves in your wee little beds. And don't be afraid of of monsters in your heads. We solved it. So I, I get into my Scottish by saying, um, well, that's just great. Mm. Well, that's just great. So little nibblers, tuck yourself in your beds and dream of fairies and nighttime cakes. Donkey! Donkey!